You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Welcome to Now Hear This. I'm your host, Chris Spangle. Now Hear This is a conversation with leaders in Indianapolis that are working to improve the lives of Hoosiers. Our goal is to empower you to join in their work and make a difference while informing you about the unseen aspects of life in Indiana. If you miss an episode, you can listen via podcast at nowhearthisindy.com. And today is a hidden gem in Indianapolis. I did not know about it, and uh, I am excited to tell you more about it. It is PUP. People for Urban Progress. Their website is peopleup.org. And I am talking to the PUP Executive Director, Tore Dabney. Thank you for joining me. Why don't you tell us a little bit about PUP? Yes, well, thank you. Hopefully we won't be hidden too long um, <laughs> for, your, for your listeners. Uh, but yeah, People for Urban Progress was started in 2008 by two creatives, an interior designer um, and an architect. They're twins, a brother and a sister team. Um, and they saw the RCA dome coming down and said, hey, we need to do something about that. It, it just should not be in a landfill. So they started to play around with the material and PUP was formed. What was the Hoosier Dome, as I will always call it, as m- most of us stubborn Hoosiers will? That's uh, what it was. The, the RCA <laughs> Domes. What was the RCA Domes roof made out of? And yeah. what a great idea. I mean, what did they end up doing? How do they store all that? Like, what? Know, give us more details yeah. on that. It's a great story. So it's, it's, it's a Teflon coated material. And so there are pictures of uh, Michael, who uh, was our founding executive director and, and one of the uh, uh, part of the duo. Um, so they took the uh, Teflon coated material and started with a sewing machine for what can we do with this? And so they started uh, sewing things. Um, and then they figured that this bag, be- I mean, that this material is, is um, this material is waterproof. Because the Hoosier Dome, you know, think about all the weather. And so there's two parts of the dome. There's the interior dome, which is a little bit softer. Then there's the exterior. So we make bags from both sides, from mm. the interior and the exterior. But they started, um, uh, they started, uh, you know, hosing it down. Believe it or not, we use a washing machine to wash some of the soft <laughs> dome. It just goes in our regular Maytag. That's crazy. <laughs> no, no, uh, yeah, so, it, uh, so it's great material. And it was stored in a warehouse for a while. Um, before we came to our current location at uh, at Central State. Um, but there's pictures of Michael uh, putting it across his uh, fence and hosing it down, drying it <laughs> off. And, and so it's, it's a great story. And it's amazing how when people put their mind to sustainability um, and put their mind to, uh, uh, you know, individuals being um, not just consumers, but citizens, um, looking at that as an opportunity is exciting to see what they were able to build. And that's really at the heart of PUP, is it not? The sustainability, taking something that is going to end up in the landfill and turning it into cool products and something that people want. You know, I'm looking at the Hoosier Dome bags going, ah, that'd be a great Christmas gift, you know, instead of it rotting in a landfill, you've turned it into a a sellable product that that people are excited about. I mean, where where did they get the inspiration and where do you currently find the inspiration in your products to create these uh, th- these cool things to make, you know, to really focus on a lot of different missions? Well, we have a great designer. Let's start there. Um, who is able to look at something and say, hey, you know, I think we can make this out of it. We just recently received um, the West 
West Indy Racquetball Court. Say that five times fast. Uh, we just received uh, their bubble material, about 40,000 square feet, and said, hey, gave it to her and said, what do you think we could do out of this? And so she's been steadily prototyping with that. Um, so it starts there. It starts with a great team of creatives. And it's not just our designer. We have a phenomenal resource manager that looks at things, I mean, the way I wouldn't see them. He sees a hose like, hey, that would be a great strap to something. So it's allowing our creatives um, and our design team uh, to really function as a team uh, and giving them the bandwidth to do, you know, see things, as I say, the way others wouldn't see them and upcycle them because we want to be able to, you know, we think about our products as giving thrice. Yeah, three times, thrice. Um, and so you're helping to, uh, you're helping to remove something from a landfill, making sure it doesn't get into a landfill. But then you're also carrying a really cool product. Um, but then you're supporting um, kind of our, our project side. And that's something that we um, work on a lot and think through a lot. And so a lot of people don't realize uh, you drive down Indianapolis, um, our lovely city, and you see bus stops that look like stadium seats. Well, that's a pup project. And so the Indian Stadium was coming down. And we decided, hey, what can we do with these stadium seats? And so once again, looked at it as a reusable product. Instead of it going into the landfill, we partnered with Indigo and created uh, bus stops, um, pup stops, as we like to call them, around, uh, around the city. So that's how you can really give thrice. So you're giving to the community as well. And one of the things we did this summer um, is our new igniter line, which is in that same vein. Yeah, that was one of the first times that the bus stop seats where I went, wow, that's really cool. I hadn't really thought a lot about sustainability. I don't think, you know, I think in, you know, as you grow up, you start to think more about the future and why it's important. Um, and that was one of the first moments where I went, oh, it doesn't have to be like, you know, brown canvas, like re recycled potato sacks. Like it can be really cool and yeah. fun. I mean, can, can you take a moment just to talk about the importance of sustainability and these projects and what it means, not just for the community, but for the long term of our environment? Yeah. So there is no away when you throw something away. Is there? And so it ends up someplace um, and it ends up contaminating a lot of times our, um, our soil um, and contaminating other aspects of our environment. So before you take that big thing, and we look at things as, as big things, right? So uh, we had a client recently came to us at IU, PUI, and they were repurposing redwoods um, in, uh, in their parking garage. So they wanted to repurpose them. And so we said, hey, before you throw them away, we can make some great seating around the uh, around your campus. And so a lot of times we, we look at those types of projects, racquetball court of uh, the West Indy racquetball court, once again, say that twice, three times. Uh, hey, you guys have a project, you're demolishing, some, demolishing something. Hey, let us come in and see what we can do um, to help uh, not this not to go into a landfill. So we see in that lane, those kind of bigger pieces. And it's so great because we love our city, right? And so it's so nice to be able to drive around to say, hey, I remember when that was Bush Stadium, or I remember sitting in those seats at Bush Stadium, Butler University, they did the same thing. They were, um, they were looking to renovate part of Hinkle. And so we partnered with them and uh, was able to even do the same thing with some of those seats. So we look at it kind of like, hey, it does need to go in landfill. How can we repurpose it? 
either reuse it the way it was supposed to be used as a seed, or how can we reuse it so that it's something that's very unique and it's truly an upcycled, uh, an upcycled thing. So if you're somebody's listening out there and they have a large amount of something, they can get in touch with, with pup and you guys can help transform that into something cool transform it into something cool and something that possibly you could repurpose and reuse um, or something that can be used within the city. I mean, that's, that's kind of the cool thing that makes Indianapolis, Indianapolis, I think is to be able to drive around and see uh, some of our product on the streets. Absolutely. We are talking to Ture Dabney, the PUP executive director and their website is peopleup.org. You know, uh, speaking of the Antrac collection, it took me a second because I didn't, I was like, oh, these are neat, like kind of a a faded blue leather. And then I went, oh, these are the seats from Amtrak. (laughs) Tell us a little bit about the Amtrak collection. So it was two years ago where Amtrak uh, reached out to us and said, hey, uh, we have these seats from our East Coast line. And I worked in D.C. for a little bit of time. Uh, And so it's it's kind of exciting to think I'm carrying around potentially in a seat that I sat in. Um, But they reached out to us and said, hey, what what could you guys do with this? And so we're like, hey, let's play around with this leather. Um, And that's what we did. Um, And now two years into the project, we have, um, I think we started out with about 12,000 seats, which is, um, uh, you know, 6,000 front, 6,000 bottoms, because we separate the seat. And right now we have about 1,000 left. Mm. So um, we have been steadily sewing through the Amtrak uh, leather. We consider ourselves a national company, if you really think about it, with this relationship. Um, but we're uh, locally, uh, locally, ba- locally based. Excuse me. So um, we are now in negotiation with Amtrak. Um, they're celebrating their 50th anniversary. Wow! Um, and so we are excited about uh, producing a line in celebration of their 50th anniversary. Have you sent one to President-elect Joe Biden, who is famously ah, like Amtrak Joe? He is Mister <laughs> Mister Amtrak, riding the train every day from Wil- Wilmington back to DC. Oh, I know. Well, we have been told to stay. Uh, part of it is because of Amtrak's funding. Uh, um, is that we have to kind of stay clear of any politics or government gifts, and this would be considered a gift. So uh, Amtrak Joe, we know you're listening. Uh, we would love to gift <laughs> you with a bag, uh, but we can't, unfortunately. But uh, he is, uh, his, there's a member of his team that is keenly aware of our product. So hopefully we can see him uh, with, a, with a presidential bag. I would love, we would love to design one for him. Well, Joe Biden is a known listener to now hear this, so I'm sure he heard your call. <laughs> See, Chris, I know you. I knew you had. I knew you had connections. <laughs> uh, tell us about the igniter line. Is this a brand new line? And what is what is the purpose of the igniter line? Yeah. So the igniter line, uh, we well, we received a call. Um, I guess it was this time last year. Gosh, twenty twenty is has been twenty twenty, um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. But. We received a call from a national pool company, um, and they once again had heard about our product um, and our purpose and said, hey, we have this pool cover liner, not liner, but covers um, that we're going to discard. Can you use it in any way? So we went and toured the facility and realized, yeah, we could maybe make something really cool out of this. And so uh, long story short, we started prototyping some things. Um, and then we shut down our, our offices every, as every, with everyone else because we are small manufacturing. We shut it down in March. Shocker. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so everything, uh, everything kind of got halted for us. 
Um, and so the awakening of America's soul happened. I like to think of it in the murder of George Floyd. And uh, we were all coming together and we kind of had a staff call. And as I was, uh, as I was sitting there and people were, and our team was saying, Teray, what are we going to do? Um, I didn't have an answer. Mm. Um, I didn't have a pup response. I, I, and I don't know if I felt the world on me because I'm, I'm the only person who looks like me around the table. Mm. So, you know, I wanted it to, my heart was telling me one thing, but my head was saying something else. And so I told everyone I needed a moment, yeah. you know, I needed some time to process everything that was happening. And so after that week of processing um, and still some time of processing, we said, what can we do with this pool cover liner? Um, since we're definitely not going to be able to launch any new products this year. So um, one of our team members said, let's make a backpack. And so that's kind of how the Igniter line started. And so we started with um, uh, this uh, great pool cover backpack um, and then also an Alliance t-shirt um, that uh, was designed by an African-American graphic artist. Um, and, and the money now uh, toward both for both of these lines will be to fund a fellowship um, that we hopefully will launch in 2021 once everything kind of settles down. And it's looking at um, people who look like me around the design table who normally don't have an opportunity. Um, so artisans, um, you know, different types of design work. Uh, we were, we're excited about seeing what they can do in repurposing things, right? Because that's in the heart of PUP is repurpose and upcycling. Yeah, one of the themes in talking to various organizations, especially art organizations, is the power of creative work to tell the story of, you know, people of color and marginalized communities in a way that you you don't see elsewhere. Why do you think that is? You know, I think with the murals that have been downtown, um, I think that um, it has told the story of our community in a beautiful way this summer. Um, and I think it's because oftentimes you can look at a beautiful piece of art and see different things. You can see things sometimes that the artist or did not, the artist, maybe that wasn't their main focus, but because you see it with different eyes, um, it brings about a sense of community. It also brings about a sense of, I can see where the artist's pain is. I can see what they're trying to portray in this. And so it, it's a great commonality and, and the ability to be able to communicate. And art is, is just that, is the ability, excuse me, looking at either it's a photograph a painting, or even just music. It's such a universal language. Final question. What Final is, question. What is the thing that you see every day in your work that you wish everybody understood? Oh, um, that I wish everybody understood. I, I would think it's the diversity in our city. Um, I, I'm from here. I am a, I guess it would be a second generation Hoosier. I think my, my family came from um, the great migration. Mm. Uh, so I know I'm third generation Hoosier. And, and I think it, I chose Indianapolis to be my home. I chose Indianapolis to be where I raised my family. Um, and I think the, the reason why is because this is what I see in, in the community. I see diversity. 
And I see diversity and inclusion. So diversity is, okay, we're going to sit you at the tape. We're going to make sure that your, your view is heard, but, is inclu- but inclusion is we're going to make sure that we truly see you. So diversity is we're going to invite you to the, uh, we're going to invite you to the party. Inclusion is that we're going to make sure you're going to dance. Right. So I love that in Indianapolis, we see that. You know, we see voices being heard um, and we've seen that this summer. I also like that it's a it's a salad bowl, right? It's they're not a melting pot. It's a salad bowl. So the tomatoes can be the tomatoes <laughs> and the cucumbers can be the cucumbers. However, when it's all mixed together, it's such a beautiful community and a beautiful um, visualization of diversity and inclusion. So I, I love my city and I love to be working here with great creatives trying to figure out how we can be more inclusive in design, how we can upcycle more, how can we be, how we can be more um, citizens than just consumers. So I think, I think that that would be my answer, Chris. Yeah. There's a great cooperative spirit here that I hear that does not exist in other cities. Politics becomes secondary to what is the greater good of the community. And I really love the city and I think you nailed it. I think you're totally right. And Chris, just a side note, I, my years before coming to PUP was in politics. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, I'll never forget this. I was working for the, uh, the Ways and Means chairman, uh, Bill Crawford, and been working with him for many a moons. Yeah. Um, too many to announce here because uh, I look like I'm 12. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but we, uh, I'll never forget this conversation. We were sitting in a, in a conference room um, and Jesse Jackson Jr. was in the room. And we were having a discussion with the Indian Minority Health Coalition about health disparities. And we had all of the major hospital presidents in the room. And Jesse Jackson sat back and said, or senior sat back and said, I have never seen this happen anywhere Mm. where there was no argument of who was going to hold host the meeting. I mean, it was a true communal conversation. And I sat back and thought, because it's Indianapolis, that's what we do, you know? And so, yeah, that's just my sidebar story. I'll never forget that, uh, that, that he was just so impressed and being from here, I always thought that that's just normal. That's just what you do. Yeah, I will. And let me brag on Bill Crawford because he's a, he played an enormous part in that. I produce a podcast called Leaders and Legends that's like a near history of Indianapolis. And, you know, John Mutz, former lieutenant yeah. governor, he yeah. formed something called the City Committee. The City Committee. Yep, mm-hmm. that got together Bill Crawford and all yeah. these different leaders from all different in the, in the 60s, 70s, or in the 70s yeah. and said, what do we want Indianapolis to be like? To be. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that, the No Name Committee. It was called the No Name Committee yeah. for a while. Yeah. <laughs> I just think that's an important part of Indianapolis's history that gets lost. So I'm so glad that you 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 brought that to light. So yeah, he's uh, he was. Um, I worked for him for uh, 20 plus years. He was a mentor. Um, we worked in the legislature together. I, I started off as his legislative assistant, and then when he went over to Ways and Means uh, as his policy assistant, and uh, we became friends, mentors, and uh, he was almost like a father to me. So yeah. his his presence in the city is sorely missed. Yes, it is. I- but lives on, but lives on. Interviewed him several times. Great man. And uh, just shows you the power of putting politics second and people first. And that generation did an amazing service to the city and hopefully one that continues for a long time. So with that, to Ray Dabney, PUP Executive Director of People for Urban Progress. Their website is peopleup.org. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate this time. 
Thanks for listening to Now Hear This. I am your host, Chris Spangle. If you missed any portion of our program, you can listen on our website, nowhearthisindy.com. If you'd like to have your organization featured on the show, please email Gabby at nowhearthisindy at iheartmedia.com. Thanks for listening, and we will be back again next weekend with Now Hear This. Are you tired of wasting your time watching people argue about politics? Are you ready to learn how to take liberty-based solutions and bring them to your average person and get those ideas into action? Hi, my name is Brian Nichols, sales executive and host of The Brian Nichols Show. As a senior communications consultant in the greater telecommunications and cybersecurity sector, I've spent years working with C-level executives to help them future-proof their company's infrastructure for an uncertain future. At The Brian Nichols Show, I'm bringing my sales coaching and expertise to the liberty movement. Why? Because instead of focusing on winning arguments, we're teaching the basic fundamentals of sales and marketing and how we can use them to win in the world of politics, teaching you how to meet people where they're at on the issues they care about. Subscribe to the program at briannicholshow.com and find the show on your favorite podcast app. Again, that's briannicholshow.com. And oh, be sure to grab my free copy of my new ebook, Four Easy Steps You Can Take to Sell Liberty to Friends and Family, right now while you're there. One more time, that's briannicholshow.com.